I'm Michael Bowman with my guy, Paul Moyer. Paul, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing well. Uh, this is an exciting uh, exciting night, but just an exciting weekend coming up. And obviously, got to throw a shout-out to the Mariners. Yeah. Because uh, the Seahawks have been all over the Mariners and, and really excited about tomorrow. And uh, they deserve everything. That's, that's going to be fun. And, look, I'm excited about the Seahawks. We're going we're gonna to talk about them. That was a big win last week. Any, anytime you go on the road and can put 48 points on the board and – Man, what Geno Smith is doing right now is remarkable. Geno's playing amazing. He's playing at a Pro Bowl level, honestly, in something that we didn't really expect from him, especially on third downs. I look at third downs. All right, they are 75% on third downs. That's the second highest in club history. Last year, you hit third down, we're going to stay on the field and punt the football. But for some reason with Geno and the way he's using the tight ends and the receivers and the running backs, it's all making for a productive offense. I like what I see. Well, we've now, you, you go back to when he was in college at West Virginia, he completed over 70% of his passes. You go back to last year, the three games we played, he completed over 70% of his passes. He's at 77% this year. He's pretty accurate guy. Yeah. And, and it's more than that. As a matter of fact, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's the best quarterback performance I've seen in a Seahawks uniform ever wow and 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 i'm not saying it's the most dynamic game you know you didn't have five touchdowns you didn't have 400 yards um he didn't throw four touchdowns in the fourth quarter but i've never seen a game where a quarterback did not make one bad decision every single decision he made was the right decision yeah which i would love to have shane waldron our offensive coordinator on right you should now. hit him up let's get him on. I, I, look you got to sell text him um <laughs> but i'm serious i go i've never been in a in a, a post meeting after a game where you're with your position players and said every single time to a player yeah that was the right decision yeah yeah, yeah that was the right decision there are a couple of coaching points. There was three. Pa- there was three passes of his thirty. It was officially thirty that were not within the body of the receiver, which means that the receiver did not have to stretch his arms, didn't have to dive for a football. Um, it was the uh, for one of the play actions in the first drive to Tyler Lockett. Yep. Um, there was a blitz. He got destroyed right in the chest, but he read the safety, came down, he knew exactly who to throw it to, and the pressure on him was unbelievable, and he made a great throw. It was about a yard overthrown. Just missed him. Just barely missed him. The other one was to Tyler Lockett on a third and three in the corner end zone he didn't put maybe a you think he could have maybe thrown more of a, a line drive if, if it was earlier on online but i don't know what his progression was so i would have said for me i you know again you know they probably both would have worked yeah. you could have put just a little more air in it and put it more in the corner where tyler does his normal you know tiptoe you know get both feet and bounds and only he can make the catch mm-hmm. and then there was a, another one it was a bootleg and the ball got tipped. Again, it was the, every decision that was the right guy. Those are the only three that didn't really work out. There was a couple of hit guys in chess where they dropped, but it wasn't on him. Nope. Um, it, it was the most complete game I've ever seen. And I was thinking about Shane Waldron, and I go, he has a guy that truly knows how to run his offense. They yeah. are so in sync on what they're doing. Uh, they ran the first 10 uh, passes. Eight of them were play action or bootlegs. And it created awesome opportunities. And then at the same time, they were doing some empty backfield. Uh, the game plan was spectacular. And, I, again, I, I, to me, that's the best performance I've ever seen a quarterback in a Seahawk uniform. And it's it's showing. I mean, he's the number. He's got a quarterback rating of 108. A lot of publications right now have a number one ranked quarterback. It's four games. 
I'm not going to put my complete reputation on the line Are not to say that We're he's... We're not going to Vegas? But I tell you what, I am. Um, if I was a betting man, I bet more that he's going to stay the course on uh-huh. this than he's going to drop down to the middle of the pack because his accuracy and decision-making is off the charts. Yeah, Gino has been extremely impressive through four games through the uh, regular season. He's the most accurate quarterback in NFL history, Moyer. If you were to tell me that in the summertime when they're batting him and, and Drew are going back and forth and they're saying, all right, who's going to be the guy? And then when Pete Carroll gives Gino the job, you know, we're all we're, we're questioning. We're saying, all right, what's going to happen here? And he has shown and proved that he is the guy for the job, and he's doing a great job. But one other person we need to point out is Rashad Penny. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know that Pete Curl wants to have an offense that is going to be run heavy to open up the pass. But I feel like it's been vice versa. I feel like Geno has been so accurate when it comes to the pass that now the run's being opened up. But when you look at Rashad Penny, you see what he's done. He, had, he is the most explosive running back in the league over the last three years. I got a stat I'm going to spit out to you here eventually, but you tell me what you think about Rashad Penny. Well, I look, he's, he's an explosive back. Um, I wish we got more touches, but I only say that because he's so successful at making the big play right now. Um, at the same time, you know, you go look at last week's game plan. It was a brilliant game plan by Shane Waldron and what he did and how he used the run and how he used the play action and the bootlegs, how he used three tight ends at times, Love how he it. used three wide receivers at yep. times. Um, the guy, though, that, look, the, the guy who's making this all work, though, it's Geno Smith. And so some people say, well, the offensive line's blocking so much better. They are. I, I don't want to take, you know, any credit away from them. But Geno's making it easier for them. His decision-making process is so quick. And there's a couple of examples you and I were talking about off air. It was on the very first drive. It was a third down, and I think it was third down and eight. And he had Goodwin split out to his right. And he looked, and it was third down and eight, and I think he was expecting a press from the corner because he looked a good one first, but the guy backed off. So he was about seven yards off. So he couldn't tell when Goodwin was, did he clear the corner yet yeah. to make a, a, a 50-50 ball or, or better than a 50-50 ball. So he had to make the decision. He came off of it, looked immediately to his left and looked for Fant. Fant was somewhat covered to his left. And he might have been able to force it in. It might have been a knockdown pass. Could have been an intercepted pass. And then, again, this is all happening in a nanosecond. But then he feels there's no pressure to his left and ends up scrambling and running for a first down. If you watch that play from the end zone and watch how he progressed on that and how quickly he did it, mm-hmm. man, it was impressive. I'm just telling you, I'm not here to talk about the quarterbacks of yeah, the past. Yeah, you are. You're here to talk about I'm not talking Come about on now. the past. Let's do it. But he runs our offense better than any quarterback in the last 10 years. Really? I'm not saying he's more explosive. I'm not saying in the fourth quarter how many games he's going to win. Time will tell on that. Yeah. But as far as running an offense, hitting every single guy, because he uses tight ends. He uses running backs. He, used, he hit DK on a couple of you know, you know deep in routes. He hit uh, DK on a fade route, which is the most perfect throw I've seen. He hit D- Will Disley for a touchdown on a back shoulder fade. When you watch it, you're going to go, you got to be kidding me. He made it look so easy. So I'm pretty pumped up about Geno Smith. It's four games in, so I'm not going to put my whole career reputation on the line yet. Not yet. We're not going to Vegas. But I'm more, I, if I was to bet 
that he's going to stay the course versus moving back to the middle of the pack, I'm betting he's going to stay the course. Okay, you, now you have praised Geno Smith the mm. way that you should. He and should the be offense. Praised. And the offense. 550 right? yards. I'm going to throw out a stat for Rashad Penny, which is remarkable. Yeah, and I love him. Penny has five touchdowns of 30 yards or more dating back to last season. No other NFL player has more than two dating back to the start of last season. To illustrate how rare Penny's big play ability is, if you take it back to 2019, Penny has seven touchdowns of 30-plus yards, trailing only Derrick Henry, who has eight over that span. But here's the big difference, Paul Moore. Henry has 976 carries since 2019. Penny has 244. <laughs> Henry has... 732 more carries than Rashad Penny, yet Rashad Penny only has one less explosive play. Penny might be the most explosive running back in the NFL right now, and it took him three to four weeks to get going. Could you imagine if you unlock Rashad Penny? Well, if he hadn't tripped on that one play, he would have had six of those, right? Because right. he tripped on it. Look, he is he's a 237-pound man, people don't realize, <laughs> who's got an, an exceptional speed and size and, and all that stuff. So, look, I haven't been this excited about the Seahawks, you know, in a re... I don't want to say rebuild mode, but a, we'll, we'll call it a rebuild mode. And, and you know, I got to go back to 2012-13. Um, the, the skill level's there. The offense is going to click. It's going to be impressive throughout the year. And we're going to talk about the defense. I'm actually more encouraged... Look, I was concerned Sunday yeah. until I went back and watched the game over and over and over again. We're going to be okay uh, defensively, which we'll talk about later. As Folks well. don't watch film like you, Moore. They just no. don't do it. Hey, if you're not doing nothing, come down to Bellevue Square. Bellevue Center Court, come holler at us. We got the Rodgers over there. We got our regulars to the right. When we come back, we're going to preview the New Orleans Saints. That's next right here on Hawks Live. Myself, Michael Bumpus, with Paul Moyer. Now we have to focus on the New Orleans Saints. Before we do that, hey, you guys come here. We got raffles going on. We got Richard and Julia over there. Find them. Get your name in the hat. Good things are going to happen there. But now we got to talk about these New Orleans Saints. Now, when, when I think about these Saints, Paul Moore, not the Saints of old, right? Not Sean Payton, not Drew Brees, but there's some things that are familiar. You got Alvin Kamar. You got Michael Thomas over there. You got a defense with some names over there. When you think about this New Orleans Saints team, what are your thoughts? Well, just watching them against uh, Minnesota, man, they, they get after you. It's really weird. I, I read a stat. They were 32nd in uh, pressuring a quarterback. Man, it does not show up on film. Because they look like they pressure you. They play tight coverage. You mentioned they got Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, he, that's going to be a fun little battle. Because last year, him and DK yeah. got into it, and I DK it. definitely got the best of them. But he is legit. Um, you know, they, they got some really good players. I mean, you got, you know, uh, uh, the Honey Badger there in Mathau, who's, who's really good. You got Cameron Jordan. Uh, you, I mentioned uh, Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, they, they get after it. Um, they're really banged up, though, right now. They've got a lot of guys who are question, questionable. Um, you got Jameis Winston, yeah. who I personally would rather see uh, and over Why Andy would you Dalton. rather see him? Tell the people. He's just a turnover king. I mean, he, you know, he is, you know, 70% of the time you go, pretty good. But in this league, you can't be 30% pretty bad. Uh, you just can't. You cannot throw interceptions. And he, he throws a lot of interceptions, and he, he gives teams an opportunity. And he's questionable. He didn't practice today. 
Um, so we'll see. Uh, Kamara, I think, was limited today, yeah. so maybe we see see him. Uh, Michael Thompson, we or Thomas, we it's Thomas. 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 Yep. Um, I don't think he practiced today. He's battling an uh, an ankle injury. That would be helpful because uh, he's a beast. I don't don't want to see him. But they get after their physical team. Uh, the, the the thing for them that's interesting, they're one and three right now. They they played in London. I mean, most teams when they play in London or overseas, get that bye, right? They get a bye week. Yeah, they don't have one, which does not hurt my feelings at all. Um, they requested it. Well, go figure that. You know, again, you know, they they want they, our, our producer Nash is telling us they wanted a later later bye, but that hurts. I mean, that's a long travel, even though they're back east. You know, obviously it's a lot longer for for the Seahawks. But, but I like our chance. I think offensively we're doing some really cool things. Um, I, th- I think it's going to continue. I don't know if we're going to put 48 points on the board. And I really think our defense, I know we gave up 520, guys. It, it, we gave up about 110 yards up until the last drive of the second ha- or the first half. And then our first two drives in the second half, we get a pick six in the first play. They end up punting. And then we just gave up a series of Huge play. Gave up a 51-yard touchdown off of a trap that shouldn't happen. We gave up an 81-yard play that should have been a seven-yarder. And now all of a sudden they kind of started getting some confidence. Um, but, you know, other than that, I mean, really, the last drive of the first half, last drive of the game, were the only two drives I really thought we played poorly as a team. And I, I see us getting much, much better moving forward. More when I look at the Saints team, I look at the possibility of having Andy Dalton out there. And he is a guy that is similar to Gino. I'm not saying the execution is similar, but a guy who says, look, I'm going to do exactly what my offensive coordinator tells me to do. I'm not going to improvise. I'm not going to try to make the big play. Where he is, Andy Dalton in his career says, look, I just want to be here. I just want to make sure that I get these guys going. I have weapons. I got Alvin Kamar. We'll see if he plays. I got Michael Thomas. See if he plays. I got Olave, the receiver from Ohio yeah, State University, who has turned out to be. Is he a rookie? The, yes. Yeah, he's the he's, receiver university all yeah. of a sudden, Ohio State University. So I look at this offense and I say, okay, there's enough there to put pressure on this defense. But there's enough on this Hawks defense to say, we're going to correct our wrongs. I've spoken to you throughout the week. You've convinced me, Moyer, <laughs> that it's not as bad as it looks. It's not as bad as 520 yards. It's not as bad as Hawkinson having a, what, 70-something yard of reception. You've got to tweak some things. You've got to get in the right position. You've got to make the plays when plays are there to be made. Yeah, let, uh, let me take you down a little journey. The journey of the drives from last week for the Seattle Seahawks. Can I do that? Give yeah, me a couple of minutes. Because so, a lot of people say the Seahawks defense played horrible. The first drive, they were... But, Moyer, what? 500, I, I, I get the yards. results. I, I get it. Uh, but we weren't dominated. They weren't going 12 plays all day long and, and driving the field. They did that. I'm going to explain the two bad drives, first okay. of all. First drive, three and out. They punt to us. What do we do? We fumble, fumble. the punt. Yep. Okay. They, the very next play, we drop coverage. We're playing man. They get a touchdown, 38-yarder. But I'm telling you, we're off the field. The very next drive, we're three and out again. They run a fake punt. They make actually a really good play. I can't believe they even threw it. That we, gunner it was, was in cover. great coverage. Too. Was, the guy pushed off. I mean, it was a four-yard play. But we're off the field again yeah. in that situation. They end up because of that kick and a field goal. I'm fine. We go into the, there's five minutes left and a half. We've got him backed up inside around the 10 yard line. It's second and 23. At this point, they've got 110 yards of offense. We've kind of dominated them at this point. 
and they convert on the second 23. I, I'll leave that one alone, but the, we almost get a sack. Goff breaks uh, the pocket, scrambles out to his right. We don't play it right the way we need to push to the sideline. Um, they end up getting a 28-yarder on that, and we get another 26-yarder. It's right before the half they scored a touchdown. That was disappointing, but again, I, we should have been off the field if we played it right. So I'm like, it's not the scheme. It's not our athletic ability. It's just us not giving up these big plays it's right the now. moment of truth. And it's all teachable moments. So now I've got four series, and we should have been off on all four of these series. Right. And so now let's go into the second half. First play of the second half, we got one pick six touchdown. We Next drive, we go six plays, they go four yards, they punt. So I'm like, okay, that's six plays, they've really done nothing if we didn't give up one big play. So now I'm into the, really going in almost to the fourth quarter, right towards the end of the third quarter, and we give up a 51-yard play on a trap. It's a trap that, I, again, it's just, it shouldn't have happened. That we should have seen the trap, we should have worked over the top, we should have stopped it for maybe a three, four, five-yard play at worst. Then they, we don't make that play, and then they end up stiff-arming us, we miss a tackle, it's 51 yards. Again, I'm not saying that... It's not that we're good there, but we can stop those plays. The very next play, it's or the next series, it's first and 20. And they have a route that's about a seven-yard route. We miss a tackle. It should have been a seven-yarder. And then we have Co- you know, Co- uh, uh, Cody Barton's been getting beat up on this one. Probably should have been a 15-yard play. He doesn't ride the tight end out of bounds. He ends up going 81 yards on it. It's first and 20. I'm just saying we can correct these things <laughs> along the way. I feel you. And it's three plays, three plays. You. Now let me go to the next series. I Goodness know I've got this you got a lot going on right now, i got now, it memorized. Okay. So now we got to the second to the last series. We've got them. It's third and ten. They throw a pass down the middle. We drop an interception. It comes up fourth and ten. We got two man. Two man, you've got to stay inside. They run all inside routes. One of our rookies just kind of doesn't play it right. And they convert on that and they score a touchdown. What I'm telling you is, I know it was 520 and 45 points. And people are going, (laughs) are you nuts? I go, we didn't play that bad other than about six or seven plays. And that's what's killed us for three games, really. And we got to correct it. I believe the talent's there. I believe the scheme's right. We're going to get better, and I think our offense is going to be something special. Hey, Paul Moyer's talking you off the ledge. He goes, yep. look, 522, don't worry about it. No. Nope. Comes down to about six, seven plays. If you I take know. care of that, you should That's be That's not always the case, by the way. There but, are times, but it is this week, though. But it is. It it's is this legit. week. All it's right. legit. Y'all heard it here. Okay. Paul Moyer says, relax. Relax. We'll be fine. Hey, we won, by the way. Come join us here. Yeah, we did win, right? Yeah. Come join us here at Hawks Live at Bellevue Square Center Court where you have a chance to win gift cards from the Bellevue Collections Dining District. Tonight, we're giving away gift cards from Sweet Restaurants and Lounge, Thai Kitchen Bird Pepper, Duke Seafood, Fago de Child Ch- Tavern Hall, and Downs Boiler. When we return, we'll talk to running back Rashad Penny. That's next right here on Hawks Live. I am jealous. I think I'm. I think I'm, I'm all about the hat. I'm a bald man. I wear hats all day. You got hair, so you don't need a hat. But it's all good. No, they give me a nice little Mariner postseason hat. That is, 21 years in the making, right there, people. 21 it's, years in the game. But you know what? Yeah. We got to go to number 20, Rashad yes. Penny. Rashad, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. And yourself? Hey, we're doing well. Thank you for joining us on a on a Thursday. I know you got a lot of things to do. Um, Man, I'm just I'm just happy for you, man. You are one of the most explosive running backs in the league. I know it's been a while. This whole run has to be rewarding for you. How you feel, man? 
Oh man, it, it's definitely a blessing, you know. And you know, first and foremost, I thank God, and you know, it's just I'm just grateful for the opportunities, and you know, the uh, like the hard work, you know, pays off. So, but I'm far from done yet. Like my mindset is, now that I'm healthy, I want to stay healthy, and I know how dominant, how much of a factor I can be, you know. Once, once I make it to Sundays, and you know, that's just always my problem as a young guy making it to Sundays and being available to actually show what I can do. I feel that, man. You are available and you're making plays. You made a play that first touchdown against the Detroit Lions. You snatching ankles, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I know you were a, a kick returner at San Diego State. Um, is that a part of your game? Is that something that you want to show the people? Because they look at you on paper and they say, look, 230 pounds, this guy's going to run through mm -hmm. you. But you're, you're keeping them on, on edge. You run through them and you run around them. I'm, yeah, man, just just really just try to, like, play mind games with the defense as far as, you know, being physical here, here or making you miss. It, it, it's almost like setting it up. But, again, you can't do anything without the O-line blocking. And, you know, um, them, them guys just find the groove and, you know, they can get it going from start to finish. So, you know, they, they did an amazing job and they make the backs here job easy. You know, we, we love to go one-on-one -on -one with corners or safeties. You know, we feel like we have an advantage, you know, so uh, just blessed having those guys making everything possible and then, you know, we just go from there. Have they, have they changed anything up for you in the last, let's just say, year and a half? I mean, are you getting different type of plays? I mean, as, as you progress in your career, are there certain plays that you're more comfortable with that they want to actually isolate you for? I mean, yeah, but, you know, I'm sticking with the, the main core of running mid-zone, you know, something that I've always ran at San Diego State. So everything in this offense is real familiar, familiar to me. So it, it's nothing that I've never seen before. Now it's just all about calling and uh, just is doing it but yeah we're slowly running a lot of plays i like running down here um probably just getting an early head start seeing everything from then but uh yeah we're doing a lot of same things since i've been here so i'm really excited about this offense rashad how does it feel being the elder statesman this is your fifth season it's crazy to me that this is your fifth season but you know, Chris Carson is gone. He had to retire because of injury. But now you got G.J. Dallas. You got Ken Walker, Travis Homer back there. Um, how has your role changed in that running back room? I'm beyond this. It, it really haven't changed. You know, uh, I really still don't say much. You know, I try to always lead by example. Guys, guys like, you know, we. Um, I get more of the credit, you know, to Chad just being, you know, one of the great running back coach, you know, as far as, you know, just – getting our minds right still because I haven't played that much ball and uh you know I'm still filling things out and you know me being older but not playing a lot kind of like you know I still need guidance and and I'm I'm working on still being a leader like that's a role I really want because I know them guys in the running back room look up to me but I do the same I, I do the same thing they do and um you know I just always try to lead by example you talked about being on the field. Is there something that's changed for you or even with the Seahawks and maybe just your conditioning workouts uh, and from when you came first from San Diego State to where you are now? Have you changed some of your the way you work out and preparing for the season? I mean, definitely. As far as body work, I'm, I'm probably getting that every day. 
you know, just staying on top of the little things, uh, the nutrition, making sure what I get in the morning and what I have at lunch and the dinner. And, you know, I, I changed the whole uh, the mentality of being a pro. And I had guys, you know, Bobby, you know, Russ, Doug, and Chris. I watched a lot of them guys be professionals and how they made it to Sundays, you know, so... I just literally copied a few things from them and started adding them to what I'm doing now. So, and and I'm trying to drop the knowledge down to all the other running backs because I know how important it is to be available Sundays and just take care of your body. So, you know, I, I, the running back room is actually doing great at doing that. So uh, we kind of all like you know make sure we get work done so we can be available. Well, you're like the old man now, your fifth year in the league, which is kind of kind of strange. Uh, I, you know, I want to transition a little bit to Geno Smith, and I, I don't want to compare him to, to Russell. I mean, that was, that's a different time. But I made a comment that after watching this last game, it's one of the, the best performances I've ever seen a quarterback in Seahawks history playing a game, and, and it was this decision-making he made. I, I didn't see him really make a bad decision and, and, who, and the checks and who he was throwing to. So tell me what he – is I mean, what does he bring to the table? What makes him unique, both as a quarterback and and as a leader? He's really just poised. I mean, he, he's taking in the moment. You know, he just looks comfortable from you know the first snap of the game to the last. And you know, it don't matter if we're losing or not, or you know, we're winning. He's always like you know confident, and, and you know that's how he's been all summer. So, and that's something we've seen you know as an offense. You know. Uh, He's, he's, he's just been that leader for us and making the smart decisions, like you said. He, he He's just a game manager, and that's what he's showing. He's, he's been doing it ever since, you know, backing up with us here, you know, uh, being like on the scout team quarterback and all that and playing against the one defense. So he's been practicing against a lot of pretty good players on defense, you know, with what we have here. So I feel like it's nothing new to him now. It's just he's getting more opportunities and, he, and he's in the moment. And uh, I think it's really the start for Gino. Like, he, he's going to show more of it for sure. Man, tell me about your nephew. You're posting videos <laughs> of the nephew doing his thing. He's challenging you. He says, look, bounce it outside, Rashad. Bounce it outside, man. What's that relationship like? And what is it like, man? You're in the NFL, and you have family members who are playing football who are looking up to you and watching you do what you do. You're one of the most explosive running backs in the league. What's that relationship like? Yeah, I really just try to be a role model, especially to my uh, to my young fam young family members. I have my little brother at San Diego State, uh, my two nephews. I got a few cousins in high school. Uh, I just really, really just try to just stay stay the course and let them know that like whatever adversity you handle in life, you know you can always overcome it. You know, just putting your head down and you know going to work. They all been through. Uh, they all seen me through my recovery process. But I just spend, like, I spend every single day of uh, my knee injury with my little nephews. And when I tell you, like, it was just football, 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 and me watching film and me watching games, they just were always there around me, like, even me going to rehab. So they kind of got to learn a lot about me and started becoming, you know, Seahawks fans. They always wanted to meet the mascot blitz. I brought him up here a few times uh, last year, but man, my uh, my five-year-old nephew is going to be very special. Like, it's it's crazy how much football knowledge he knows now. Like, he calls me and have conversations about my games that I played, 
and um, he he kind of he, he kind of coached me up a few times, telling me if I ran outside that I'm a score. Right. And <laughs> the second touchdown, he uh, called me and told me, "I told you so." So <laughs> I, I love, love it. <laughs> I love that relationship with him, and you know, even my youngest nephew that's three, Cassius, he's watching everything he do. So it's like a it's like a domino effect. Like they're they're very special in their own right. So 16 years, we're going to have another penny in the running another back. Another penny, field. baby. He got, a, he got a brother at San Diego I'm, State, I, too. I though. love that. Okay. Yeah. Hey, well, yeah, Rashad, no. man, we, we appreciate you, man. We love seeing you do what you do, 150-plus, two touchdowns last week against the Detroit Lions. Uh, you do your thing this weekend, uh, and good luck, man. Appreciate you. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right. That's Rashad Penny. Come on, Moyer. No, look. I'm hyped up with about The last 14 games, he's a leading rusher in the league. I mean, and his explosiveness right now, and it's just the way he sets up blocks. That's the thing I I want. I'd love to have a little more time with him and how he sets up blocks. Because it's, I don't know, I don't know if it's, um, underappreciated, but the amount of things he does on cutbacks and setting up blocks, and while the blocking's been really good, man, he's 50% of getting out in that open space. He sets it up. All right, when we return, we will go around the NFL. That is next, right here on Hawks Alive. I see some familiar faces. I see the the winningest couple in the world over there from last week. Wait, and when I you see, say winning, it's like winning gift certificates? Like, like both of them won in the raffles that we give away. Right. If you're not here, get here because we give away things. You so they're like, going to Hawaii, Costa Rica. <laughs> they they want a car. I just want to join them. Can these I like, tag good, along? These with are you some guys? good prizes, people. You should get here. Some good prizes there. And then we have our, you know, our local celebrities. I see up in the front, three, four. Let's go get. It. <laughs> hey, but uh, but now we're going going around the NFL, and it would we have to start with the Denver Broncos. I'm looking at this box score, Paul Moyer. Russell Wilson is 15 of 31, 184, one interception. The score is nine to six. Is this a baseball game? What are we doing? Look, man, this has been Denver this year. Um, you know, I don't want to beat up Russell too much. Y'all should beat him up. You but can be real, though. It's not that city's 15 for 31. He's been sacked three times. He's now been sacked 15 times this year, and it was always about the offensive line. He's a good quarterback. He just doesn't run the offense right. I mean, he's an improviser. He's a guy that I look to my right. He's open. If he's not there, I escape. I try to extend. Um, that's just not the, the offense today. I mean, we saw last week what an offense looks like when it's it's run. I, and, and Penny said that he's uh, Gino's a game manager. Yeah, he's more than that. Yeah. I mean, he's way more than that because he can make every throw as well. But he's 15 for 31. He's got a quarterback rating of 53. Uh, they've had one game where they've scored over 17 points, and that was last week, and they lost. And Indianapolis is not a good football team. No. Not good. And they've scored, They have, I mean, three field goals. Now, here's the crazy thing. It's Russell. I mean, you know, it's fourth quarter. That's what he does. Now, you know, maybe they come back and win. I root against Denver every chance I can, and it has nothing to do with Russell Wilson. Yeah, right. It has nothing to do yeah, with Russell Wilson. right. It has everything to do this with... This is the circle of trust. You see all these people no, here? No, I know. A lot do of familiar guys, faces. They, they're looking at me. They trust You don't have me. to lie to the people. I'm not lying to you. We have their first round pick and second round pick. I just want that to be a top 10 pick. That's it. That's I just it. want to keep building our team. Okay. 
That's I, it. I feel and that. And it doesn't hurt me that Geno's out playing him. I feel And I'm that. not rooting against him. I feel him. your apprehensions to go in on a Russell, so we're going to move on, okay? Let's do that. No, let's not. Let's let's start with it and finish with it. No, <laughs> all, right, all right, we started. But, now, now, but right now the Colts have the, the ball. Uh, they started the fourth quarter. I'm rooting for the Colts. Let's go, Colts. All right, so there's a game that I'm looking at, Moyer. Mm. It's Pittsburgh versus the mm. Buffalo Bills. Now, why am I looking at that game? All right, people here will be like, why? What's going on with that no. game? I would what? say that Kenny Pickett is the guy now. There's been a transition. You bring over Mitch Trubisky to kind of mentor this young man and Kenny Pickett, the local celebrity over there in Pittsburgh, and you say, okay, at some point you have to throw this young man into the fire. Mike Tomlin has never had a under 500 season. He's on the verge of doing that now. So you start this young man against the Buffalo Bills, mm. and then he's got to play Tampa Bay. He's got to play Miami. He's got to play the Eagles. The next four games mm. are going to be tough for this guy, but that shows me that Tomlin is committed to this transition. He's, he goes, look, I will risk not having an, an above 500 season for the first time in my career. Kenny, two gloves. Get it done. No. Um, no, he threw three interceptions last week. Uh, you know, his completion percentage was actually fine, but uh, the ones that he didn't complete were to the other jersey. And that's <laughs> what happens when you're a rookie. I think he's going to actually be a pretty good quarterback. We saw him in preseason. You know, they talked about his small hands, but uh, the guy, he has a good arm. He's mobile. I think he's a gamer. He's going to be fine. But to stick a rookie in with not a great team, it's just, it's, it's difficult. And look, I'm looking at Geno Smith, you guys. Remember his first two years? They threw him out and said, you can't play. And eight years later, yeah. he's going, oh, no, I can play. Uh-huh. I didn't answer that call, uh-huh. right? And, you know, th- there's only one position in the league where in your 30s, you're just getting into your prime. And it takes time to become a great Kicker? quarterback. Kicker? And it's quarterback. Snapper? Yeah, that too. You know, but it really is. I mean, every yeah. other position, we're we're counting on. A good example is like Daryl Taylor. We're counting him. He's got to do it now. He's got to do it now because by the time he's twenty eight, twenty nine, you're past your prime in almost every position but quarterback. Yeah. And look, it's just so hard. I mean, I, we talked about some of the progressions that Geno Smith is going through right now. How quickly he does that. You don't do that your rookie year. So there's a really good chance that they lose their next. Four, maybe five games, because mm. by the time they play New Orleans, they're going to be healthy. They'll probably have everybody back, and then they got to play Cincinnati. And we're watching Indianapolis at Indianapolis, pretty much shut out Denver right now. Uh, yeah, they're they're in a world of hurt. But the good thing about their head coach, he's earned the right to have a down year. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, um, a game I'm looking at as well, Philly versus Arizona. Mm. Like, who is Philly? They are a team, when you look at the statistics, like the team statistics, they are top when it comes to offense. They're top when it comes to sacking the quarterback. Like, they are overall a well-rounded team. You got Jalen Hurts, who says, look, I am that guy. That's why you drafted me. Carson Wentz is over there in D.C., and he's struggling right now. I'm doing my thing. You got Miles Sanders at the running back spot. You bring over A.J. You got Devontae Smith over there. I'm looking at this team, more, and I'm like, this is an impressive team and 
If they can get by the Arizona Cardinals, I know it's crazy to say the Arizona Cardinals are what two and two. Everyone in the NFC West is two and two. But if they can have an impressive win against an offense that is supposed to produce, I'll believe just a little bit more. Yeah, and look, they talking about Philly. They they start off, they beat uh, Detroit, you know, in a in a one a game like us, thirty eight thirty five. So again, for those who we're upset we only won by three points here's philadelphia at detroit also yeah. one by three and they're undefeated right now they go play minnesota home that was kind of my eye opener because they beat them 24 to 7 i go okay they got a d uh we knew detroit actually had an opportunity to be a pretty good offense they're better than i think most people think uh they go and take care of washington like they did and then they got jacksonville who's an up-and-coming team and take care of business there as well at home um i think this will be a good test for them because arizona's a good football team it'll be on the road i think we'll find out really how good they are four no it doesn't matter i mean sometimes it's who you play um but i'm pulling for them um because i'd i'd, I'd like to see arizona lose uh that's a division <laughs> opponent and then they got to play dallas philadelphia the week after so um yeah, this will be a good one because I think Arizona is actually pretty good. I do, too. I, they're just so up and down. There's, I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's Kyler Murray. I don't know if it's just inconsistency on defense. But they're a team that you think would be better than they are. Uh, at two. I mean, we're 2-2, two and two, right? I mean, no one, we, everybody thought we'd, we'd come in fourth. Uh, so I, I'm really curious. I, I think Philadelphia is going to win the game because I think their defense is legit. I'm looking at the uh, San Francisco 49ers, and I'm saying – all right, they got a guy who's going to run that offense, and they have one of the best defenses in the league. They are only, only allowing 11 points yeah, per game. Their defense 11 points shit. per game. So now they're going to Carolina. They're playing the Carolina Panthers. They're They've been struggling them. a little bit. I expect these guys to come out 3-2. and two. What, is, what is it about the 49ers that says, forget the quarterback, look at this team as a whole, and respect them. Well, San Francisco, you got to beat. I mean, you got to go play a perfect game. You know, they're we know what they are defensively. They can rush with four guys, so they play tight zone defense behind. They've got people who can match up offensively. They're just going to make it tough because of the running game and the type of passing game that they run. I mean, it's a lot of intermediate stuff, and uh, it, it, you, you've got to be on your game. The 49ers are tough. What's interesting to me right now, though, I'm looking at you got Jimmy G, right? You got Baker Mayfield going up to each other. Both of those guys were talked about in the offseason for the Seahawks. Would you take either one of those guys over Geno? No chance. Before the season, I would think about it, uh, though. For sure, both of them. Right. And now, this is when Pete no kept way. saying, look, you guys aren't here every How day. great does Pete look right now? Oh, man, look, go back to his days at USC. Go back to when the time he put Russell in there and what he did with Gino. He's been talking Gino up the whole time. Gino, every practice, every game, he's doing everything we ask. Yep. I'm telling and he kept saying it. No one believed it. Starting to believe it. Believe in the process. Yep. All right. When we return, we will talk to Derek Young, Seahawks wide receiver. That is next right here on Hawks Live. We have Derek Young, Seahawks wide receiver. Clap it up for my guy one time. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Dariq, man, I, I turned on the film um, when I saw that the Hawks picked you up, and I saw a versatile type of dude. You lined up at uh, tight end, even got uh, some, some handoffs down the field. Um, if you describe your game, would it be versatile? Like, how would you describe yourself to the people listening right now? Um, I would just say I'm just an athlete, a guy that'll do whatever it takes to help his team win. So if that's, you know, getting 10 carries, 
you know, from on jet sweeps or catching 10 passes in the game. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, I'll do whatever it takes. I mean, again, we, we were watching you, phenomenal athlete. And you, you end up at Lenore Rhyme, which is in Hickory, North Carolina. And you're from Raleigh? Raleigh. Raleigh, North, North Carolina. Talk about that process because, again, good school, actually. A lot of people hadn't, haven't heard of it. But an athlete like you, you kind of expect maybe get some, some bigger offers. Just talk about how you ended up going there. Uh, yeah, I was just a, a late bloomer. Um, you know, in high school, I didn't have, you know, the most flashy stats. Um, I actually broke my leg uh, at the beginning of my senior year and uh, ended up missing like six games. But uh, luckily, we were always a pretty good football team in high school, so we always made a deep playoff run. So I still ended up playing in like eight or nine games and uh, ended up getting a few D2 offers and uh, took a couple visits, and I just felt like LR, Lenore Ryan was the best school for me. Um, had a good connection with the coaches and uh, the players that I came in with. We were already like brothers, so um, that's how I ended up there. Um, I got there, probably I was like 190, 6'3", 190, um, and just started putting on muscle. Didn't play that much my freshman year. Uh, I was more so a special teams guy. And then um, that coaching staff that uh, I came in with, they uh, ended up getting fired. And uh, like I said, I didn't play that much. So uh, when they brought in a new coaching staff, uh, I looked at that as like a new opportunity for me. So um, they introduced us to the wing T offense. Never been in a wing T <laughs> offense a day in my life. But like I said, I was eager to play. So um, they ended up putting me at wing back and uh, ended up starting my sophomore and junior year under that coaching staff. We won two back-to-back -back conference championships, uh, made a couple deep playoff runs. Uh, at the D2 level, and uh, that coaching staff ended up leaving. And then um, I was getting a little bit of NFL buzz uh, at the end of my junior year. Um, I was on the freaks list, and I uh, don't remember what was my ranking, but I was on the freaks list. Um, I was putting up crazy numbers in the weight room, and those numbers ended up you know, getting out to the public and uh, ended up getting on the freaks list. But um, when they brought in the new coaching staff, it was a uh, – pro-style offense, and uh, that's what I wanted. I wanted to prove to scouts that I could play receiver because that was, like, the main thing they wanted to see me do is, you know, run routes and uh, see how I could do, you know, in that type of offense. So um was there for two years. COVID, COVID came, which gave me an extra year. So um, I graduated in May 2021, and then I came back for the COVID year and um, ended up messing up my knees. So I only played in four games my last year there, but I still ended up doing pretty good to get all conference and uh, the invite to the East-West Strongbow game, and uh, now I'm here. So, By the way, so. just I'm, I'm going to flex. You're going to flex? I was MVP in the East-West Shrine game. Um, <laughs> okay. That was a long time ago. But, you know, I, I wanted to ask you because the Seahawks are, I, I think of like Tyreek Woolen, and I'm going to go back to Richard Sherman. They are... They go find people, right, that yeah. maybe others don't. Did you, any inclination to the Seahawks talk to you? Because there's so many times people go, I had no idea they were going to draft me. Just just that experience. You know, it's crazy. The first scout that I talked to was from the Seahawks, Ryan Florence. And uh, he was talking to me and my teammate that got drafted. Uh, he was uh, working him out, and uh, I was just out there, you know, just watching. And uh, he has a pretty good relationship with my position coach at the time. So uh, I had introduced myself to him. And, you know, he liked how I looked. Um, he liked my film. And uh, he said he would be back for me uh, the next year. And sure enough, he was he was back for me. So uh, he pretty much, you know, found two diamonds in the rough with me and my teammates. So uh, I salute him and I respect him. I just learned something. If I ever talk about Lenore Ryan, I'm going to LR. Hey, LR, baby. What you know about that, LR? <laughs> <laughs> hey, so 
like coming into this situation, I was an undrafted free agent. My guy, Moria, was an undrafted free agent. Um, you kind of know what you're up against, right? You size everybody up. You walk into training camp. At least what I did, I looked at the, the depth chart and I said, okay, I got to knock a couple of these dudes off the chart right here for me to get an opportunity. Um, what is that like being in that situation? And then finally having the confirmation that, okay, I did what I was supposed to do. I'm still here, but I still got work to do. Yeah, like it's it's like a, it's an awkward situation because, you know, you go into camp and, you know, uh, you're around such a great group of guys and you build relationships with them. With them. But uh, at the end of the day, you know that, you know, they're not going to keep, you know, 15 receivers on right. a depth chart, you know. So uh, you just got to just maintain that chip on your shoulder and understand that uh, every day it's a competition. Uh, not only are you in a competition with them, but you're in competition with other positions as well when it comes to special teams. So uh, just coming to work every day and knowing that, you know, you got something to prove every day. You got to show them your best work. And uh, I feel like that's what I did throughout camp. And uh, I'm glad they ended up putting me on the roster. Was there a a moment that you realized that, okay, I can play in this league and I just might make this team? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've always been confident in my abilities. And uh, most of my confidence, honestly, uh, it just comes from this hard work, um, playing at the D2 level. A lot of people don't understand, like, the D2 level, like the different, the really the main difference from D2 and D1 is just like the OL and D defensive line. Like right. the DBs, you know, they're, you know, it's not that much of a, you know, a distance between them. You know, going to the East-West Trombone game and going against, you know, D1 cornerbacks and safeties, uh, it wasn't that much of a improvement that I had to make going against those guys. But, um, yeah, I would say, um, yeah, pretty much. Talk about your media room. I mean, there's a, you got some characters. I mean, you got DK and Tyler's, you know, he's a, he's the quiet assassin to an extent. But just talk about that, just the the camaraderie there and just the different personalities. Oh, yeah. We got some characters in our receiver room. You know, Penny Hart, he's like the comedian. DK, you know, he's, you know, full of energy every day. And Tyler Lockett, he'll throw in a joke here, you know, here and there. But, um, yeah, just a great room of guys. Um I was happy when DK, you know, finally reported you know, because of what was going on. So I didn't get to build a relationship with them during OTAs, but uh, I built a relationship with Tyler and Penny and the, all the other guys. So um, those are like my brothers, and uh, I look forward to seeing them every day. Great group. Do you guys um, do you guys meet just with wide receivers in your meeting room, or do you guys bring in the quarterbacks as well? How does that that play out? Oh, yeah, we have, I mean, we have an offensive meeting uh, every day. So uh, we're always around, you know, the quarterbacks, the tight ends, running backs, offensive line. You know, everybody is feeding off of each other in those meetings. So um, we meet every day. We, we were talking earlier about Geno Smith. And, look, he, he's been phenomenal. Last week it was precision stuff. And we were saying, I don't know if he made a, a bad decision that whole game. What, what did they say in that game? I mean, was it as impressive of what we think it was when you guys actually looked in the, the meeting rooms and watched the game? Um, I'm, I'm not surprised at how he's performing. Uh, just watching how he prepares each each week, like uh, he takes a whole bunch of notes in the meetings. Like he's always dialed in, writing something down, jotting something down. And um, he's always watching film. And uh, in practice, he's always, you know, hitting guys when he's supposed to hit them and, you know, pretty much putting it in the right place. It's almost exactly. like he's catching it for us. And uh, as a receiver, that's what you love to see. And I feel like that's why his – completion percentage is so high because you know they're easy catches to make so um yeah 
Dino's doing a great job, and he's going to continue doing a great job. Is there something that you've learned on this level that you had no idea on the bottom line? I remember when I got to the league, I'm like, just the film study and how to watch film. Like, no one really taught me how to watch film until, like, my senior year getting to, uh, to the NFL. Uh, what have you picked up that you feel like has helped your game kind of take it to the next level? Um, I would say... Uh just definitely watching film, you know, you didn't, at the D2 level, they don't really disguise coverages that much. So whatever you see, that's what they're going to give you. Yeah. But at this level, they do a great job of disguising coverages. And to understand what they're doing, you have to watch a bunch of film. And uh, we have a coach, Coach Sanjay, um, and he's a technician. He's going to break everything down and show you everything. Whatever he's showing you and whatever he's telling you, that's what's going to happen on Sunday. And... Um, just, you know, being with a great coach, being a rookie, you know, uh, I feel like he's helped me a lot, especially with film study. Do these veteran receivers, DK, Lockett, um, do they sprinkle you with, with some knowledge every now and then, or do you do you seek them out? How does that relationship work? Oh, yeah, whatever question I have them have to ask them, whether it's, you know, a specific route, you know, how would you run this route against this look, they always give me their honest opinion on how they would run it, or if it's, you know, something even off the field, you know, they'll help me out with it. So uh, they do a good job of giving me advice. Of all them, coaches, anybody, who's your biggest mentor right now? Biggest mentor? Yeah. Um, I would say uh, coaches, coaches-wise, of course, my uh, receiver coach, Coach Sanjay, um, he's taught me a lot, like, so much since I've gotten here. So, um, and then uh, player-wise, I would say probably Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett, you know, he's a vet. You know, I think this is year nine for him. You know, he's seen a lot, been through a lot. So uh, whatever I go through or whatever I mess up on, you know, he's messed up plenty of times. So uh, he always tell me things that, you know, help me keep a cool head and keep me up to date with things. And uh, I appreciate those guys. What was uh, what was that moment like? I mean, a lot of guys suit up for preseason. Obviously, you've made it past that. But what was that moment like to where you suited up, you got the Seahawks jerseys on, you're running out there, and, and you were playing in yeah. that first game. You know yeah. what I mean? What was that whole experience like? Was it like, Mama, I made it, or Mama, I got work to do? Uh, I was nervous. Like, I've never been that nervous before a game, but it was like a good type of nervous. You know, you, you worked your whole life. You, you know, you dreamed to make it to the NFL, and you're finally here, you know, playing against another team. And I always told people, like, in other interviews, they'll ask me, like, like, has it hit you yet? And I said, it's probably not going to hit me until I'm lined up against, like, another team. Yeah. And uh, it definitely hit me that day when we were playing the Steelers and uh, ended up scoring my first touchdown. Let's go. And uh, I was happy. You know, I made mistakes that game, but uh, I did a bunch of good stuff as well. So uh, I appreciate the good and the bad. Well, we're excited to have you. So I'm going to answer the last question. Raleigh, North Carolina, come all the way up here to the Pacific Northwest. Probably didn't know a whole lot about it because, you know, it's out here in the middle. You know about Seattle? Oh, man. I, I knew about Seattle. The main thing they say is it rains a lot here. but Hadn't rained know, yet. Yes, exactly. So I was expecting it to be, like, pouring down raining. But, like, when I got here back in May, it was just, like, drizzling all day. And, that's, yeah. you know, that's fine. That's not really bothering me. But uh, I know the weather's about to take a change in a couple weeks. Is, is there something you didn't know about Seattle, but that you love now? Maybe it's a restaurant or something you just love to do. Um, I like how, you know, it's a lot of different cultures here. You know, it's not like a main, you know, race that's here. It's a bunch of different people that are here and uh, different types of foods, you know, and that's pretty much the main thing I love about it.
Hey, well, we appreciate your time, man. This is Thursday. I know you got a lot of things yeah. to do, but you're here with us, man. Clap it up one more time for Derek Young. Thank you. Thank you. All right, when we return, we'll go inside the film room. We'll look at Woolen's pick six, Penny's 36-yard touchdown, and his 41-yard touchdown. That's next right here on Hawks Live. We went to the sweet restaurant. Mm. It was delicious, was presented good. by the Bellevue Collection. I had the beef sliders. What you have? I had some uh, ahi pokey salad, and uh, what else did I have? I had uh, their um, tiger prawns. I went I went fish today with a little salad, but no, it was really. I mean, I, I've known them for you know four or five years. They have really good. Food, oh, you but, know them personally. Well, I mean, I just used to go there a bunch. I have clients, and I would stop off there for happy hour. So you got a booth like they, that's they knew dedicated they to Paul Moyer. There's a one okay. that's called Moyer. <laughs> but, you know, uh, you can all go there if you want. Well, and, I'm gonna I'm gonna donate so I get one for Bumpus. But they've got the uh, one of their cool things. They've got the Halloween party coming up, which is pretty epic. And so it's really one of the best ones for costumes and have yeah. huge prize, like fifteen hundred dollars for, for prizes on that, too. And uh, yeah, if you get a chance uh, and you want something to do for Halloween, go to the suite over there. Yeah, in Bellevue. They got a stage where they walk you across the stage. Everyone claps for you. They love You'll you. Go also, right by my Moyer, my, by the Moyer booth. Moyer booth. All right. I'm. I'm I'm going to invest on a, on a Bumpus booth. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but on Wednesdays, they have Wine Wednesdays, half-off bottles. I love a good bottle of wine, Moyer. I bet you do. Yeah, You're a sophisticated kind hey, of guy. You know, you got to swirl it up, <laughs> smell it, <laughs> sip it. I just oh, chug it. You just chug it, huh? I just, you know, also, <laughs> they got a happy yeah. hour um, open 6 p.m., Happy hour. There's a lot of stuff going over there with the sweet. Happy hour is like 3.30 to 6. But, yes, I, it is one of the best happy hours. One of the best. Yes. You've been there before because well, you got your own say, booth, you the Moyer booth. I say, well, I think it's 3.30 to 6. 3.30 to I 6. Would, I would try to have my clients. We'd try to finish early by 4. By 4? Yeah. Okay. It's a happy hour. All right. So uh, let's, let's get into some football, man. Let's do it. Let's break down some plays. The first play we're going to break down, Geno Smith finds Will Disley for a 17-yard touchdown. Ball at the Lions, 17-yard line play fake. Gino's going to throw to the end zone. Reaching up, making a catch. It's Disley. Touchdown, Seahawks. The Seahawks have given the Lions a big dose of tight end here in this first quarter. And Will Disley catches his third touchdown of the season. Will Disley just reaches up. The defender couldn't get to it. Gino put it right in the right spot. And the Seahawks lead 6-0. What'd Man, this more? is so good. Uh, you know, so the first thing is they they put Tyler Lockett and DK over to our left, and then they have uh, Will Disley over to our right, and they also have uh, uh, Parkinson as well, kind of a, a, a wing formation. So we got two tight ends there. And the safeties, for obvious reasons, is cheating over to, to DK. DK and Tyler. Yeah. And I, I wanted this play because – it's such a brilliant play by Geno Smith. First of all, he looks at the safety, and he's never in a hurry. He's deliberate, and so it's not like he's taking his time. But he's so smooth in his decision-making, and it's subtle. He looks at the safety just to hold him and keep him on the left hash uh, at the offense is looking, and the ball is on the right hash. 
and he throws a back shoulder. So beautiful. It is so easy. So beautiful. It looks like you and I are out just playing catch in the park. And, like, it's not even a big deal. And Will Disley makes it nonchalant. But this is fantastic coverage. There's really nobody open. Except this is pre-planned. And he holds it off to the perfect time. Throws a back shoulder throw where, you know, Uncle Will's taller than the guy who's covering him. I, I wish you could all see it. It is a brilliant, brilliant play that people are going to go, oh, ho-hum. I go, no, nah, man, this is so good by Geno Smith. So good. It's impressive, man. You talk about you have DK in the slot up top to Geno's left. You got Lockett on the outside to his right. You got two tight ends, right? One connected, the other in like this little sniffer position. And uh, they both expand. This is uh, this cover one. One high cover one is what we're seeing right here. And um, you're right. Everyone's covered. Everyone's covered. He goes, look, I'm going to influence the safety with my eyes. I'm going to make sure that he stays on that hash and protects the DK and Lockett side. And I'm going to put this football in a place where only 89 can get it. That is Will Disley. It is so beautiful. If you are coaching this up, you say this guy's covered. He's covered. But if you make the right throw... If you if you put a high back shoulder where only he can get it, that's the only way you're making this play. What, what's so weird about this play is I'm watching it and I go, there's nobody open. By the time he threw it, I, he made it look like Will Disley was wide open. <laughs> and he's not wide open. It's where he put it. Yeah. And, again, Will so, Will's becoming a really good tight end. I mean, he's becoming really confident. There's actually a, a play with, uh, where DK, they have him mic'd up on the Seahawk website, and they talk about this play. Uh, again, if you want to go see how good Geno Smith is playing right now, yeah. go watch this play. Go watch it. It's beautiful. Okay, this next play, we're going to break down. Tariq Woolen intercepts Jared Goff and runs it back 40 yards for a touchdown. Goff will start under center. He has two tight ends in the game. A play fake to Williams. Goff has all kinds of time. He's going to throw. It's picked off. Coming the other way is Neal. Down to the 20. The 10. Cuts back inside. Touchdown. Seahawks. It's Woolen. Tariq Woolen makes the interception return for the touchdown. Tariq just stepped right in front of the receiver. Picked it off. And he was gone to the races for 39 and a touch. And, man, that's the way to start the second half. What you see more? Man, you cannot teach athletic ability and speed. Nope. Um, you know, he's playing. Again, Woolen comes out running, and he's, he's on a tight end. who has killed us all game long. And he lets him beat him on a deep end briefly. And what I mean by beat him, he lets him make the cut first. But that ball is not going to be thrown until he's at least lined up, head up with the ball, where the ball was snapped. So right. it's really the middle of the field. Look, Tyreek Woolen's speed is off the charts he makes it look so he doesn't even look like he's running fast and you three the guy's open for a fraction of a section i don't know if he baited him or not i'm gonna say he did yeah um tyreek Woolen's just getting started this is second interception two games in a row takes it to the house special special young man he's playing the run well right now he's getting better every day I, I the learning curve on him is straight up it is like a bull market in the stock market it is straight up right now and uh, i the sky's the limit on how good he's going to be i look at this i see a three deep look and i see him understand what's going on right here moyer i see him see the number one receiver go vertical 
right? He knows if there's anything to release out that backfield to the flight, I'm good. Like, this is now my guy. It becomes man now because he has that number one receiver go vertical. And he runs with him. He runs with him and says, all right, this is now man because I have nothing underneath. There's no number two receiver. The only guy who can come off the backfield is that running back. My linebacker's got that. I'm not going to worry about him. So I think he baited him as well. I think he felt like, look, I'm faster than this guy. I'm more athletic than this guy. He's going to cross the field. I'm going to undercut him. I'm going to the house. And then once he has the football in his hands, that's where you see that 4-2 speed. I always look at stride, and I go, look, a fast guy goes two strides every five yards. He's going two strides every, like, six, six yeah, yards. No, it's, it's so accurate. It, it, it's impressive to watch. It's a savvy type of play. It's not a rookie type of play. It's a savvy type of play. You know, I'm, I'm looking at this, and the first time I, I had to re-look at it, the Seahawks change their defense and how they play this. And so, you know, th- this is normally a deep crossing route, and they do a clear-out post, right? So the corner uh, on our left, uh, it, m- it must have been Michael Jackson and Diggs, they take the post route. I think Goff thinks this is a zone. So he's reading yeah. uh, Brooks and, and Cody Barton right there and thinking, oh, I just got to thread it between those two, doesn't realize that Tyreek Woolen is run running with him. With him. Yeah. So this is like a matchup zone on this, and they said, we're, we're going to play man on this. Again, that's that's coaching. This is why, again, when turns I turns into man, I talked at the beginning of the the our, our show why I'm so excited about our defense, and I get it that we gave up a lot of yards and points, but we have a chance that we clean up these big plays and the little things to be actually be pretty good defense. Yep, I love it. Okay, this next play, Rashad Penny, 36 yards, four touchdown on third and 16. Penny in the backfield, and Penny gets a handoff, and there he goes, the 30, the 20. <laughs> Go for it. Well, look, Detroit, third and 16, they're sending the house. They said yeah. seven guys. More, and we got five, six, seven. I, I'll say that one more than we have, but actually, in theory, they have they have enough to pick it up. I don't know if this is audible. I, I bet it was. We, we actually audible, I think, to a trap on this. And what was interesting, was this the play before where they called it dead? I think yeah. they called it dead, yeah. and we had a pass play. We come back, and we run a trap to our right, and I, I think it was uh, – um, who's our left guard? I'm forgetting already. Uh, not Phil Haynes, but – Gabe. Um, Lewis. Lewis. Um, he, he, he comes around and, and kicks the guy out. And then, you know, to Penny, we, t- we had him on earlier talking about this. He's in the open field. There's a guy there to tackle him. He makes a quick little move to the outside, beats him on the inside, and then you got DK there to screen anybody trying to catch him from behind, which they're not going to do. Uh, yeah, man, just everything's clicking right now on offense. I mean, they're, they're hitting the right audibles. They're, they're kicking out. I, I mean, this is just a thing of beauty. It's really it's, – it's one of the great offensive performances in, in Seahawks history. We never punted. It's the first time in Seahawks history. If not for two holding penalties, I think we score a touchdown on every drive. Yeah. Instead, we end up having to kick a field goal, missed one field goal, uh, which we would end up having 51 points if we make that one. Uh, really just an impressive, impressive day. Man, I look at this play, Moyer, and I say, is this luck or is this Shane Waldron preparing, knowing that, okay, 
that strong side is going to be to the left, and we're going to run opposite in this situation. And third and long, did he scout this team out and say, in third and long, they're going to bring pressure to that strong side. Let's run it to the weak side. Because they run it to the weak side where they have numbers. They pull that guard to that side, and it's all open right there. And then Rashad Penny makes a DB look silly out there in the backfield. Sometimes you got to be lucky. But sometimes it comes down to preparation, and then Rashad still has to execute this thing. Well, if you go watch their first drive, to me it was all about preparation. They, they knew exactly where every open receiver is, and that's the thing that Geno does. Some people go, oh, it's luck. You know, I got, no, Geno knows where the open guy is. Yeah. That's why he's competing 77% of his passes, and he's, I think, sixth or seventh in, in yards per attempt as well. This one's so perfect because there's no middle linebacker. He jumps up in the gap. It, I mean, it's, you know, again, if I, you gave me this on the board, I'd say run a trap. Right. And they ran the perfect play. Beautiful. Third and 16. Third and 16, <laughs> a touchdown on a run? Third and 16. Man. They were expecting pressure. I oh, want to say that Shane dialed this thing up at the right time, especially after that Pass. inadvertent um, whistle yep. that allowed them to do it again. They go, oh, they in? Oh, okay, yeah. Let, let's, let's run this. Let's do this. And that's when I saw Pete Carroll hugging Shane Walsh and like, man. You got it. Like, you know what you're doing. I, you know, we, we talked about this earlier. I, I can't. I, I'm not trying not to compare the past. But if you are running an offense and a guy is running exactly the way you want it. Yeah. Man, it's almost like watching your children grow up and you go, they became adults. You're just so proud of the moment. So, uh, yeah, I, they, they got to be really proud of what's happening with Gina right now. It's fun to watch. It is fun to watch. Okay, when we return, it's time to talk that talk. We're going to talk about Ryan Neal, Rashad Penny, and Geno Smith. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Why are we smiling? We are smiling because uh, the Denver Broncos just lost. How many touchdowns did they score? <laughs> Not a near, not a near, not a one. He scored nine <laughs> points in overtime and oh, lost 12 man. to nine. And Russell was 21 for 39, two t- or excuse me, two interceptions, four sacks. Man. He now has 16 sacks uh, on the year. Uh, and that was them saying he will never be sacked again. It was always. <laughs> Is that what they said? No, nah, they said we're going to protect <laughs> you. You don't have to worry about it. But. Look, I, again, I, it, at some point, once we get the top 10 pick from him, we can put it behind us. Oh, my gosh. But this whole year is going to be rooting against them. This is crazy. They're this is not what I three. expected. Moyer, I thought Russell would go over there and be at least above average. I thought he, that was going to be the case. I think he was 17th in the league quarterback rating coming into today's game. And his quarterback rating was 54. I think it was his fifth worst of, or sixth, fifth or sixth of all, worst of all time. He'll drop out of the top 20 in quarterback. Look, Russell's still a good quarterback. I mean, he's a big playmaker. Is I don't he? know what's going on. Is well, he? he was. He was. Like, when, when do we turn the page and say, all right, he's an average quarterback? Well, I don't know if he's an average. I think he's an average quarterback in the offense he wants to run. Yeah. Um, I think he was a great quarterback if he had stayed with Pete's system. Mm-hmm. And Pete knows quarterbacks. Yeah. I, the one thing we learned, man, you go look what he did. At, you know, we talked about this earlier. What he did at USC. You know, the guy, the Heisman guys. You know, from Palmer to Liner to you know Sanchez. I mean, these were guys who didn't really make it in the NFL, but they were pretty good. I guess Palmer was, but they were pretty good in college. And then. What he did to give Russell Wilson a chance and to win a Super Bowl, go to a Super Bowl again, 
and the fight, the internal fight. I know better. And, you know, here's Pete going, I know you, man. And yeah. you can be really good if you just let me and trust me. And it didn't work. And it was time for him to move on. And look, it's early. I mean, it could, Denver's got a lot of talent. They can turn it around. But uh, this is looking like it's playing out pretty well for the Seahawks right now. Man. I'm, well. I'm honestly, like, in shock right now. There's no way I thought that Russell would not score a touchdown tonight. At home. At home. That he would have the, Prime time. the opportunity to win the game. Well, like, we know what we've seen from Russell Wilson. Oh, yeah. In, in prime time, in these moments where you're going to win the game, the ball's in your hands, and uh, you just didn't, didn't get it done. It's surprising to me. And then you look at the flip side, and you just see how Geno is performing. You know, like... 77% of his passes. 77, the most accurate quarterback in NFL history through the first four weeks yeah. of not, the it's season. It's not a mirage either. It's, it's wild. But I think we got to give a lot more love to Shane Waldron during this. We mentioned Geno Smith, and we should mention Geno Smith because he's the guy executing the plays. But Shane Waldron has connected with Geno in a way that has propelled him to a level that we didn't think was possible. Or maybe Gino's connected with him right. in a way that's allowed this. Because I promise you that Shane was trying to connect with Russ last year. No, I don't think he was. I don't think he was. Oh, he was. No, I don't think so. I think that he wasn't allowed to connect the way he wanted to. He wanted because, to. Because he wanted to, but he didn't connect with him. Because Russell still wanted it. to do what, yeah. Right. He still wanted My to do what Russell is, wanted to do. He would have liked to, but Russell didn't allow that. Yeah. And here's Gino said, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I, this, the, yeah. What we, you need, coach? Got it. What you need? Yeah, I'll, I'll run that. Yeah. And by the way, I'm not dinking and dunking. I'm just going to find a guy who's open. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make this look really I'm going to run this offense, baby. Man, I'm so excited for Sunday. This is wild. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for tomorrow, too, with the M's. Come on, M's. Get it done tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, Seahawks, you guys get it done. Hey, special thanks to Rashad Penny. Derek Young for joining the show. Our onboard operator, Brady Robick, on-site engineer, Brenda Rogers, production assistant, Ashanta Kantapudi, and our executive producer, Nasa Chobi. The Seahawks pregame show is live this Sunday starting at 7 a.m. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Bumbus, with my guy, Paul Moya. We'll see you next week right here on Hawks Live.